Hey everyone, I'm Jesse Sparks, host of the new podcast, The One Recipe, from the team behind The Splendid Table. This pod is all about that one recipe that you lean on. The one you share with friends, the one you make when you need a little love, and the one you know will work every single time. Every week, I talk with chefs and gifted cooks from all over the world about their one and the story behind it. We're here to help you build your kitchen library one dish at a time. Follow The One Recipe wherever you get your podcasts. The world is a dumpster fire. I'm Amy. And I'm Grace. And we want to fucking help. We're comedy writers in Los Angeles, so we're taking those bad news lemons and making them into lemonade. Thanks, Beyonce. We talk about cultural moments we love. Talk to people we adore. Crushes we have. And self-care we stand. During these trying times, we all need a show that focuses on joy. This is The Antidotes. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another week of The Antidote. <laughs> yeah, I'm, in the, I'm real zippy this morning. <laughs> I had my go-go juice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> no, that's perfect. But you know what's so funny? It is sort of like such a pretty day in New York that it mm-hmm. does kind of feel like you're in a musical. Like I woke up and there's just like sun shining and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I know. And you're leaving me this week, Amy. I'm so sorry. I'm uh, so Amy's sorry. going back to Los Angeles. And then yeah. I'm still here um, working on this show until the beginning of December. I love this show. But it's been so nice having you direct, Amy. It's like, been it so has fun. been wonderful getting to work with my bestie. I'm like, this has been such a treat. It's so bittersweet to be done. I know. And then like everybody's just like, yuck. There was one day, I bet no one on crew has ever seen this. One day I got to set and I just walked over to Grace and held her. (laughs) And they're like, why is the director hugging this producer? (laughs) Kit was like, okay. And then like we literally like sang together on set. And then I told all the actors, I was like, you treat her good because this is my friend. They were going to treat her good anyway. But I was just like warning people, (laughs) like warning people just to like be fucking cool my friends coming uh but everybody's was wonderful so it was a really lovely month having you here our offices literally next door to each other it was very adorable it was super adorable and stay tuned later if you want more of this adorable energy because we have a story time segment today and grace and i get deep talking about friendship yes so amy you know we got to do this bummer news to get to our antidotes right Yeah, I sure do. Oh, my God. Starting now up top with our bummer news of the week. Well, first of all, guys, I'm sure a few of you have seen that there's a new plus-size animated film coming out from Disney. It's called Reflect. It's a two-minute Disney short featuring a plus-size ballerina who struggles with her body image. And there's been a lot of debate about this film. And I have to say, when I saw plus-size ballerina, I, too, was happy. And then I saw that the story was about her body image, and I felt really conflicted. And there's a quote from MS. NBC opinion columnist Yvette Dion, who said on Twitter, quote, not a plus size heroine in an emotional film about body dysmorphia. Please give fat people new stories. This is exhausting. Mm -hmm. Other Twitter users called for Disney to put a plus size protagonist in a feature film that was not about their size at all. One where the protagonist was happy with their body. Mm -hmm. And to me, I got to say, I kind of agree. Like, I'm like, oh, yay, Disney progressive. You have a plus size lead. But it's also a little first thought. And it just goes back to that thing like Hollywood loves trauma porn. Like the first 
movie. Like there are just so many things where they think they're being progressive, but they always go towards what's the norm core lens through which you would see this person's existence. Oh yeah. Being unhappy that they're fat. And it's like, maybe we could be more progressive than that. We all know that there are so many complicated stories about women that are plus size that don't have anything to do with their bodies. Why must we always do this? Why do we do this to Black people? Why do we do this to plus-size people? Why do we do this to anybody who is not, like, quote-unquote, a white guy? Like, why do we always have to go to a place where it has to be about the thing that makes you different from that? And also, it's disappointing. I thought it was a feature film. Like, it's also disappointing that it's a short. They're like... Nobody's going to want to see a fat body moving around for a whole 90 minutes. So we'll just do like three or four minutes. So, I mean, it's unsurprising, but it's a bummer. But that's not the only bit of bummer news. There's also this new TikTok trend that uh, got reported on CNN. It's called mouth taping. So the idea is to stop mouth breathing during your sleep by taping your lips shut. TikTok users are touting it, saying it helps with, quote-unquote, beauty sleep. And, you know, we do know that mouth breathing can lead to snoring and excessive thirst at night, as well as dry mouth and bad breath in the morning. It's also been linked to gum disease and a misalignment of the upper and lower teeth. But... Taping the mouth shut to stop mouth breathing can be incredibly dangerous for those with obstructive sleep apnea. Also, mouth breathing might not be the best practice while sleeping, but there are other remedies and tips for better sleep. To me, it sounds like these TikTok users are saying, not breathing makes you skinny. And I'm like, some trends aren't worth following. Can we get off TikTok like we got off WebMD? Talk to a real doctor, please. Yeah. Um. Here's the thing. TikTok's gonna get somebody killed, okay? Oh, like, yes. If like, it there's, already. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure it's already happened, but like, people doing things for TikTok, I think part of it is just like coming up with hacks so you can go viral. I feel like that that is part of what the TikTok culture has done is like mm-hmm. everybody's trying to get their TikTok to be sent mm-hmm. around the world. So they're coming up with weirder and weirder things in order to- Why are we trying to hack breathing? <laughs> get attention. Because I was just like, why would you think that putting tape on your mouth, first of all, that doesn't even sound comfortable to sleep with oh. tape on your mouth. And yeah, what if you have a cold or- or something that helps you. I don't know. I, I I just, I don't know why people would listen to somebody who's not a doctor about a medical problem. And TikTok has gotten people killed. That Tide Pod challenge, people were eating Tide Pods yeah. and they died. And then what's the one where they're, the crate challenge? Yeah, like people, people fell. People like really hurt themselves. Yeah, people fell off of that. Fucked m- up their whole spinal challenge. area. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just like, I don't know. It's the internet can be wonderful, but sometimes internet can be harmful. <laughs> Come on, TikTok. Just stick to the Cuff It Challenge, please. Like, let's just keep dancing. Yeah, just do some not, cute little dances or, or go up. Like, I also love, like, financial TikTok. And I love, like... Mm, I don't know. Some of those people have bad advice. Social justice TikTok at times. You know, so there's things that TikTok can be helpful and, and ideas and spreading, but not this one. Not, not this, this one. one. Do not tape your mouth shut, people. <laughs> How do you feel after talking about this bummer news, Grace? Weird. (laughs) (laughs) How about you, Amy? Same, same. Okay, let's get into the antidote. So, as you know, listeners, this is a segment where we tell you about the culture we consumed and things we did this week that made us feel better about the bummer news. So, what was your antidote this week, Grace? 
So in my <laughs> in my older years, well, I'm not that old, I guess, but I decided like a year ago to mm-hmm. get two new piercings in my ears. So mm. for most of my life, I've just had one piercing on each ear that I got when okay. I was a baby because Caribbean people, like you come yeah, out the same. womb. All my baby pictures, my ears are already pierced. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, my ears were pierced at birth. So I never felt how it felt to get your ears pierced or anything. But I've just been, you know, I've been getting more into like fashion and like things in the past few years. And so mm-hmm. I've just been following some of these girls that, and I see all these earrings decorating all up and down their ear and it looks so beautiful. So I was like, I'm going to get myself some extra holes. So um, that sounded weird, but just <laughs> in my ears, <laughs> holes in my ears. Um, but, you know... I have not had enough earrings like of certain kinds that like fit in those upper holes. Like I'd like to do dangly ones sometimes mm-hmm. on the bottom, but on the other ones, like it's more for like studs or huggies and stuff like that. So I had just gotten my nails done for our live show. Uh, and <laughs> I di- wasn't ready to go home because I've been living like in this Airbnb that doesn't feel like it's my house. So sometimes mm-hmm. I don't always want to be in there all the time. Yeah. So I was just like, it was raining and I was just like, I'm not ready to go home. Like, what can I do to kill time? Should I go to Sephora and like slather myself in creams <laughs> or should I like do something <laughs> else? I was like, you know what? I do need some more earrings for my other little holes that I put in my head. So I said, oh my goodness, let me just quickly do a Yelp and uh, go and see if I can get myself some new little earrings. And so I found this place, Gorjana in Brooklyn. What? Um, That's a great name, Gorjana. Gorjana. And I think they have an online store too. Uh, But I was like, let me wander over there. And this very lovely girl came up to me, very sweet. And she like welcomed me and she's like, what are you looking for today? And I told her what I wanted and she was just so helpful. And she pulled out all these earrings and she like cleaned them off with like alcohol swabs. And she was, you know, we were chit-chatting. She was talking about some weird comedy guy that she was dating. (laughs) And then I was just like, sorry, I work in comedy. And then we end up talking about comedy a little bit. And turns out that she had gone to school for dramatic writing. So Mm. she was so happy to meet me at like a working writer. It's like a very adorable black girl. So she's just like another black woman who's actually done what I want to do. So that was really sweet. It was just really... um, a lovely impromptu little shopping spray that like mm-hmm. turned into a much nicer thing because uh, this girl who helped me was so sweet and we got to talk about comedy and we got to talk about writing and I don't know, it just turned into just like a lovely little stop. And then I was just feeling so good. I was on my way to the train. I saw this place that had like donut ice cream sandwiches. <laughs> and then I went in Ooh. there and I was just like, can I try one of your donut ice cream sandwiches? And they're like, it's amazing. And they were also so nice in that store. And they're like, what would you like? And I was You're like, I want a the matcha musical. one. And they're like, we hope you enjoy it. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> like, why is everybody being so sweet and nice on a rainy day in Brooklyn? So it was just a really, 
you know, I was not, I had a very bad day the day before. And mm. so it was just so nice that these like two like strangers, ladies, like helped me get some beautiful new earrings uh, for my new holes. And <laughs> then also I had a lovely little matcha donut ice cream sandwich. And it was, I went home and I was very happy. Yay. So uh, what was your antidote this week? My antidote this week was very, very Amy. Um, mm-hmm. It was drinking, but I'll say specifically <laughs> why, what kind of drinking. So I have a kind of a ritual when I'm in production. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've only directed a few episodes of TV now, but what I started doing because I like to unwind with alcohol in the evenings, but during production, I don't drink. Like it's just, it, there's mm-hmm. too, yeah, you need good sleep and whatever. But what I started doing was like, I would come home from set and I would like drink a half glass of wine mm-hmm. and then take a shower. And then if I was still feeling like, like all rattled from the day, then I would drink the, another half glass of wine and then go to bed. Mm-hmm. And that was like a thing that I was doing in LA. Um, and it's sort of like, I can't go out with my friends. I can't go have drinks, but here's a little something I can do. Mm-hmm. Well, in New York, I was like, oh, I want to have a cocktail this one night. And I just didn't have the ingredients. I'm not home. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I ended up using a a delivery service and I ordered those like on the rocks, like pre-made cocktails. And I got the old fashioned one. And the thing is, it's a small bottle, but it's like four drinks. It's Mm -hmm. like... It's four servings. So I was like, oh, this is my drink for the week, you know? Uh So I was able to have like a cocktail at night and put a little ice cube in it and like enjoy it. And I was just like, oh, this is really nice. I'm not at home. And I like the practice of, there. I can't make that many drinks. Yeah. And really the only drink that I always have the ingredients for is a Sazerac because a Sazerac is my favorite cocktail. Mm -hmm. So I always have those ingredients, but there's something that I like, kind of like the way I like baking or just the method of doing something and it turning out right every Mm -hmm. time. (laughs) I really like because so much of our days as uh, filmmakers, as writers is very chaotic and things are outside of your control and you can do what you can't, you do your best, but sometimes you can't control things. So sometimes I want to come home and have something just like small and controlled that I can do. And in LA, it's make myself a cocktail. Mm-hmm. But here, having this pre-made cocktail kind of gave me, in a surprising way, the same feeling. Yeah. Um, and I, even though I didn't make it. But I was, like, proud of myself for buying it, I guess. I was like, I fixed it. I wanted to make a cocktail. I don't have the tools. I don't want to buy all those ingredients. Let me make a pre-made cocktail. Yeah. yeah I mean, so it's I like a ritual. Tradition. Yeah. A yeah. ritual that, like, comforts you at home. So, yeah, it's, it's hard to be away from home for a long period of time. So, I'm glad you did something that made you kind of feel like home for a minute. And it was very, what a classy cocktail, an old-fashioned. An (laughs) old-fashioned. But I will say, even though this isn't an ad, um, On the Rocks has a lot of different cocktails. Mm -hmm. And I just looked them up and they make like daiquiris and Mai Tais and Aviations and Cosmopolitans and Margaritas. Like they have Mm -hmm. so many, Um, but I'm a bourbon girl. So um, I like my dark, dark whiskey and liquor. So... I went that way, but it was kind of cool to think of like, oh, if I was ever in a situation where like I had friends coming over and I didn't have the time to do something, I can just get these, you know? And I'm like, and I've drunk them before and I've used them before, but like for some reason this week, it just took on a whole new meaning because it was like self-care. It was like, oh, this is a reminder of what it feels like to be home is to make your favorite cocktail. So that was my antidote this week. And I have one more little sip left that I might have. 
tonight. Oh, snap. <laughs> uh, I love it. I feel like both of us did some sort of like luxurious little yeah. self-care this week. So me getting some little airings and having a little conversation, you having a little cocktail. I love it. Exactly. So if you guys tried any of our antidotes at home, share them with us using the hashtag That's My Antidote or leave us a voicemail at 833-684-3683. We'll be back after the break. Welcome to Storytime. Yes, the segment of the show where we're going to ask each other a question we've never spoken about before and who knows where the conversation will go. Amy, you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so in the 90s and even in the early uh, 2000s, soundtracks to movies were a huge part of film. Yeah, I kind of miss that. I do too. You don't really get soundtracks like, you know, Waiting to Exhale, Boomerang, Love and Basketball, you know. Oh my God, City of Angels. And I don't want the world to see me. I mean, even like, I remember like early Grey's Anatomy, like they would put on the soundtrack and I I Uh used to get that. So Insecure soundtrack. And Insecure. I think Insecure was kind of like the last show that really did that. I'm waiting. God, what a beautiful show we worked on. Um, (laughs) Self-break. Anyway. (laughs) So with that said, Amy, Mm -hmm. what songs would be the soundtrack to your life. What is the Amy Aniobi soundtrack? Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Um, that's a good fucking question. There's some, I mean, well, I'll say this. I'll preface by saying, like, I'm from Texas and was raised in a very white suburb. So I think my soundtrack would be a mix of different types of music, different types mm-hmm. of genres. The first song that came to mind was Beyonce's If I Were a Boy. <laughs> that song, like, hit me in the gut because I'm like, if I were a boy, <laughs> the things I would get away with. <laughs> Not because it's... A, and I also really love the one that she does with Chimamanda, uh, Feminist. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, flawless. Yeah. You wake up yeah. flawless. flawless. That would be Homestead. on the soundtrack of my life. That's like the, I wake up and I'm flawless. <laughs> I also <laughs> think I would have Kiss Me by Sixpence None the Richer. <laughs> that came to my mind because I'm, I'm like, I wouldn't say I'm a romantic like, I, I don't really watch rom-coms or love rom-coms that much, and I typically am not a super romantic person, but when I find my person, I'm, like, very attached. Um, mm-hmm. So that song always made me think, one day maybe I'll have someone. No I, no, I love that. Like, first of all, that song, Kiss Me, had a chokehold on everyone. Yes. yes. It's just, like, beautiful. Like, her voice is so, like, perfect in that sort of moody 90s way like mm-hmm. where a lot of those artists were like yeah yeah exactly <laughs> just all like nah, nah, nah. and i'm like what are the lyrics one more time i feel like ariana grande like took the mantle of that because when she sings yeah. she's very like i don't know the lyrics of my own songs and i'm like <laughs> she sings like she don't know what she's singing but <laughs> yeah i mean just like very romantic very vibey in that, like, 90s, like, white woman way. Yes, like, exactly. Mm-hmm. I also, speaking of 90s white women, I think I would have a Fiona Apple song. Or, or a Tori Amos song. Like, one of those I've white been ladies. a bad, bad girl. Yeah, for me, it's, I tell you how I feel, but you don't care. That song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Sleep to Dream. Yeah. it's. Ugh, I just we'll love a witchy white woman. Dream. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I think for my fifth, I think this is my fifth song. 
I feel like it would be, wait, wait, this is so weird, but I remember the song, um, what's that? Monday, da 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 on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Is that Craig, Craig David? David? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be my number Monday. five. Or, or Wyclef Jean, Gone Till November. Because those songs that are about passages of time, I yeah. think that's what I'm looking for is that R&B passage of time, like we're going through it. I'm shocked I didn't say a rap song. I'm like, wait, is there a rap song I would choose? Yeah, I know you like rap songs about working hard. I, oh my thing. God, you're absolutely, yes. wait, I have a playlist of rap songs okay. about working hard. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick my last song <laughs> by looking at this playlist. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Oh, you're absolutely right. I can't believe I didn't Grinding. go. Grinding. there. It's literally called Work Hard. Oh, formations on there, flawless is on there. I already yeah. said those. But then it might be sweatpants by Childish Gambino. Don't be mm-hmm. mad that I'm doing me better than you doing you. I'm like, I love that song. <laughs> but I have a few. I also love Bank by Earth Gang. Ha ha ha. All the way to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I, I yeah, a rap song about working hard would definitely be on there. I think that's my soundtrack. Yeah. It's like I mean wanting love. <laughs> Working hard, wishing I had more power and authority. <laughs> That's the Amy on the Obi story. <laughs> no, like my favorite rap song about working hard is Nothing Can Stop Me. I'm, I'm all, all the way, way up. up. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's my yes. shit. Okay. Okay. Enough about me. Now I want to know about your soundtrack, Grace. Like what songs would be on the soundtrack of your life? I mean, it's just so hard because so I like went in and I looked at my top 25 most played songs oh, oh, I on my Apple think Music. About doing- But there's some that are not even on there. So let me start with some that, like, are childhood Mm -hmm. memories for me. So Same Old G, Up by Genuine. Oh, (laughs) my God. Not Genuine. I almost said Pony. And then I was like, Amy, don't you dare. No. No, it's just like, like, because I feel that because, like, I feel like I've been the same my entire life. Yeah. And, you know. You know, like everyone, sometimes I get accusations about, like, I've changed since I moved to L.A. or whatever. And I'm just like, I'm the same old G. Like, I've been, I'm the same girl that I've always been. Yes. So I love that song. Also, Sorry Not Sorry by Demi Lovato has a chokehold. Wait, wait, how's that go? I know it, but I can't think of it. It's like, I'm out here looking like revenge. Feeling like a 10, the best I've ever been. Cool. And yeah, now how oh. bad it must be the sounding like this, Ay. but it gets worse. Ay. So it's basically about <laughs> I'm doing good and she's talking to somebody that mm-hmm. doesn't want to see her doing good. And so she's mm-hmm. just like, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry that I'm doing good. You know nice. what I'm saying? Nice. I nice. love that. I love songs like that that have Me a little too. swag because I struggle with confidence just mm-hmm. as a human yeah, being. Yeah, yeah. That's why I like, yeah. Going through uh, Drunken Love is the number one song that I played ever on this Apple Music. Wow. So I guess I really like Drunken Love. It is a good song. We be all night. Yeah. Though it is like really odd. Like I'm just going to say, Beyonce has some interesting songs. And this is one where I'm like, you really just scream singing to the fact that you fuck your husband. (laughs) I'm like, do we need to know? (laughs) So I'm like, I get it. (laughs) I don't want to think of mom and dad on a surfboard. <laughs> oh, no. They're poor children. 
Uh, they're gonna have to hear about all yeah, this. Exactly. Like, mommy, was this song about you and daddy having sex? <laughs> but yes, I mean, the first a bunch of songs are all Beyonce songs. Formation. Yeah, yeah. Um, my Beyonce favorite song first. off of Lemonade, which is Hold Up. Yeah, hold the up, one that has a little bit of a yeah. Caribbean it's feel so to it, where she's wearing the Damn. yellow dress and the bat, yeah. baseball bat. And then, of course, we cannot. Uh, Continue. I mean, the current soundtrack to my life is Renaissance of by Beyonce. Just Church Girl. Church Girl. Oh, man. Has a chokehold on me. Cup It. Heated. Has a chokehold on me. Like These are just songs you love. Is this a soundtrack to your life or just songs you is. love? It is. Right now, that's, <laughs> that's literally what I be walking around in New mm-hmm. York City right now listening to. And, oh, there's two other songs I'll mention just for a long time that I've loved is I Still I Say Thank You, which is Ooh. by Smokey Norfolk, which is a gospel song. Mm-hmm. Just basically it's about like all the stuff that you go through in life that can be hard. Yeah. And still I say thank you, God. That's beautiful. For it. Just it's talking about gratitude to me for God. And then um he wasn't man enough for me. <gasps> That's the Tony Braxton song. Wait, who um, <laughs> are you singing that? About so many men, <laughs> so many men. Wow, 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 wow. So that's like my little song that I'm just like when I come home from a bad date or whatever, or like had like a weird interaction, I just put that in my headphones and mm. be like, listen, listen, Tony Braxton, a whole word. Yeah, uh, but that's yeah. beautiful. Oh, and and there's one I I cannot forget. First of mm. all, you know who was Beyonce to me when I was a child. Who? Janet fucking Jackson. Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson. Everything from Rhythm Nation to yes. Janet album, like making us all feel bad about our abs. I told you about so my chair years. dance that I did yeah, when I was a kid a, to my if, parents to Black Cat. <laughs> yeah, Black Cat. I made them watch me do a chair dance. They were like, oh what? <laughs> that Why was my eight year old touching all, herself? <laughs> I, the I, me and my friend Lisa Berkowitz. Mm-hmm. From back in the day, what we used to do, like, every January, my parents used to throw a Super Bowl party slash my little brother's birthday. And so every time, me and Lisa would be like, this is our moment. And so we would literally make the adults gather, and we would do a choreographed dance for them. Yes! We weren't in dance class, Amy. Oh. We just <laughs> okay. wanted to. And they had to sit there yeah, and— to suffer. <laughs> I mean— I apologize, uh, whoever went to one of those parties that I really did. Uh, me and my friend <laughs> made you watch That's so many Janet Jackson performances. Hilarious. But Janet Jackson and then The Celebrity Skin by Hole was a great album for me. Like, I really loved Did It, Did It, Did It, yeah. Over. <laughs> yeah, that's my shit. That's yeah. great. Well, we've been friends for a very long time, and I'm still learning about you. Yeah, this was fun. So much fun that I think we should do it again sometime. (laughs) Yes. And if you enjoyed our story time segment, let us know and send us some questions you would like us to answer. Yeah, let us know what stories you want to hear from us. So, Amy, you know, we've done story time a couple times now. And, you know, part of it is we're going to do one of those old school magazine quizzes from back in the day. But it's pretty short. It's only five questions. Okay. Um, What's the quiz, though? The quiz is called, Are You a Closet Commitment Phobe? Okay, damn. I already know the answer to this for me. 
Um, okay. I love commitment. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not optimistic about myself with this because I, I think I might be, but we'll see. Let's, let's see. Because of course, the quiz knows. The quiz not knows. therapist, not yourself. No, no. It's a quiz. Trust the quiz. Uh, and so if the quiz says I'm a commitment phobe, then I am. Then you are. Okay. Question number one. On the way to a blind date, who Uh-oh. does that anymore? Oh but God. sure. I on have. Way, like I used a matchmaker. I've been on some blind dates. <gasps> oh, yeah. I did that too. That's right. Yeah. I did it because you did it. It's like many things. Um, on the way to a blind date, you're most likely thinking, A, if nothing else, at least I'll be honing my flirting skills. That's what I should be thinking. B, ugh, setups never, ever work. This is going to be a total waste of time. And C, hmm, I wonder if he's a good kisser. Oh, I'm A. I'm A of these options. I think the thing that I'm actually thinking very often is don't be too nervous, don't be too nervous, don't be too nervous, don't be too nervous, because I get a lot of anxiety. Yeah. So, but I think of these options, I always try and tell myself A, thanks to my therapist, uh, being like, focus on the positive. <laughs> so I try and be like, at least I'm honing some dating skills. What yeah, I actually would say that I'm A too, and that has taken some growth because it used to be B. It used to be mm-hmm. like, this is a waste of time. Yeah. But A... If I haven't been on a date for a while, just sometimes I'll just go on an app and I'll be like, okay, let me just do one because I haven't done yeah. one in a while. So it's kind of like, yeah, sort of practicing because you don't want to get out of practice of that. Yeah. Um, okay. In a relationship, you tend to be the type who, A, keeps it in when you're annoyed with your man. Why bother arguing? B, can get a little emotional when you're upset, but what girl doesn't? C, thrives on drama. Loud fights are just fine because they're followed by makeup sex. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I'm fully a B. I get emotional. But mm-hmm. what girl doesn't? <laughs> this Cosmo quiz. Boys get so emotional, 90s. too. <laughs> but I I used to be an A where I would keep it in and be like, it's fine. I don't want to argue. And it wasn't even why bother arguing. I literally had... And still suffer with, like, such low self-esteem that I was just like, if I bring up a problem, he'll leave me. And so I used mm-hmm. to never bring up issues. But now I'm just like, ah, uh, you're going to get these emotions. <laughs> yeah, I've um, just seen one thing about that's great about getting older is that you see your friends and your family members, like, go through a lot of stuff. Yeah. So I know that that holding it in actually no. doesn't work and the arguing doesn't work. So. No. B is, like, the way I try to comport myself, like, communicating clearly and honestly that I'm upset if I'm upset, but then, like, not trying to take it to a screaming fight. Um, In fact, I don't even think... I don't fight maybe I've I've maybe screamed once in, like, all the relationships I've been in, and he deserved it. (laughs) Um, Okay, so question number three. You have plans with a guy you're dating on Friday evening, but your closest friends schedule a rowdy's girls' night for the same time. You, A, reschedule with the guy. Men come and go, but your crew will last forever. B, are tempted to cancel, but don't. After all, you made plans with him first. And C, girls' nights are for desperate chicks trying to land the guy. No chance you're bailing. What? What kind of toxic bitch would, would choose C? That's so crazy. For yeah. me, it's like whoever made plans with first wins. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I would be B, and it's not because I'm putting the guy above my girls. It's just I made plans with him first. So if I had made plans with the girls first, and the guy wants a date, I would be like, sorry, I already made plans with my girls. 
Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably the best. I mean, the thing is, I would need some more details. I'm like, how much do I like this guy? (laughs) There's also that. It says the guy you're dating, not a guy guy you just met. So to me, I'm like, that means it's a guy you like. Yeah. Okay. So if it's a guy I like, then, you know, I would be tempted to cancel, but then I would follow through with the plans. Although I'd be like, we have to set another plan very soon. So I could be in it too. Question number four. You've lived in your apartment for nearly 12 months. How do you describe the decor? A, you buy something cute each month and try to make it even homier. It it, it looked like it said hornier for a second. (laughs) What? A, you buy something cute each month and try to make it even homier. B, you have everything you need and not much else. C, it's full of gorgeous things you love and will keep forever. Huh. I mean, this is none. I, I My answer is none of these. I'm wondering, what I would say is that mine is full of gorgeous things I love that I'm fine with being temporary. I've always mm-hmm. been someone that when I move, I ha- I didn't used to be this way. When I moved into a place I had it, that I knew I wasn't staying a long time, I would get temporary things. But then mm-hmm. I was never happy at home because yeah. I'm like, this isn't the couch of my dreams. This isn't, you know, the coffee maker of my dreams. So as I've gotten older and obviously made more income, I'm always like, even if I'm here for a short time, I'm going to outfit it like it's the place of my dreams. Yeah. And even if it doesn't go with me to the next place, that's fine because I'd rather feel at home. So I'm kind of a B slash C, I guess I'll say C, but I would yeah. say like for me, I'm like, my home is full of gorgeous things I love that I am fine with getting rid of when I move to the next place because I yeah. I just want my home to feel like home when I'm in it, but it's not my forever home, but that's fine. Yeah. I would agree with that. I think I would say C for myself because every time I move, I look at it as a fun opportunity to like check in with my style and see like yeah. the ways it's evolved and the ways it's changed. Yeah. Some things will fit and some things, some things won't. won't. And the things that won't, I either donate or I give to people that I love or or I get rid of. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, but I think C is the closest of all of them. And uh, here comes our last question. Mm. After a year on the job, you're told you won't get a promotion because your work hasn't what? been stellar. That, would never that would never happen. <laughs> either of us. <laughs> that would... Uh, we work. Yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> this uh, quiz is for... Cannot relate. Bitches. <laughs> Even can't as relate. an assistant, cannot relate. Cannot I relate. The, I was the best assistant that I've ever had. Literally what? Uh, your work no. hasn't been stellar. Like Fuck you. I guess you like mediocrity more. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> Well, I, I, I mean, we have to answer the question yeah. or else we're not going to know whether we are commitment phobes or not. But mm-hmm. uh, A, write a memo to your boss detailing how you plan to improve on all fronts. Okay. B, start looking around for other employment where you'll be more appreciated. Mm-hmm. And C, double your efforts, but consider that you're not as into your job as you should be. Actually, there was a job where my boss sent me an email and was like, he kind of was talking about the way I was pitching and was like, it would be better if your pitches were like this or like this. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, And it was just a different boss. His style was different than my previous boss. Um, So I, what I did was send an email with more pitches, you know? So I guess Uh I kind of did a, that's the closest. A. I would probably say B, start looking for other job because I feel like for me, it's so hard to imagine that I wouldn't be trying my best. But Mm -hmm. I remember I did have a job 
uh, I worked at a nonprofit that will not be named because I'm about to drag the fuck out of them. But they, mm-hmm. uh, I was do, working so hard. I was getting there early, staying late. They just didn't seem to be pleased with anything that I was doing. And mm-hmm. I ended up getting fired at the Christmas party in a very oh, petty move on their part. But it's okay. It led to uh, some writing that was the teaser for my pilot that literally got me every job I've ever had. But mm-hmm. I feel like there are some places that you're going to be that, you know, knowing myself, I'm always going to really work hard. And if your skills are not being appreciated, it's time to maybe go somewhere else instead of being um, somewhere where you're unhappy. So it would be B for me. I love that. We had one where we were different. We were the same on almost everything. Yeah. Okay. So after tabulating it, uh, Amy, you got a four and I got a six. Out of how many? Uh, I guess you could get up to 10. Okay. Uh, So we ended up in the same range once again. Not surprising, you and I. (laughs) Uh, So ours is steadfast and savvy. Equal parts balanced and bold. You usually know when something's right for you and when to pull the plug. You get that life is about trial and error, says psychiatrist Joanne Magdoff, PhD. Your thoughtful nature keeps you focused. Maintain your life equilibrium with some cool head. And don't let friends, relationship issues, or job drama color the way you respond to your own situations. So basically, we're perfect. (laughs) Well, what's so interesting, though, is the four to six. I was a four and you were a six. And four is on the lower end. It's leaning towards way too attached, which I'm not surprised by. And six is on the higher end, which is leaning towards forever a free agent, (laughs) which I'm also not surprised (laughs) by. No, not surprised. That really is us. Like, I, I would say, I think we are both steadfast and savvy, but I tend to stick around a little too long or be a little too loyal most of the time. Like if I'm going one way, I tend to go Go towards loyalty. And And me, I'm like, bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) I have no problem with uh, cutting situations off, which, you know, sometimes is good, sometimes it's bad. Both. But yeah. Oh, this is lovely. So that was so fun. So to close us out, we're doing our creative tap-in, which is our segment about creativity. Amy, are you ready for this week's quote? I sure am. I remember being really young and having this voice inside me that told me to trust my gut. And my gut has been really, really strong in my life. It's pretty vocal and it leads me. That is by Solange Knowles. Again, I'll read it one more time. I remember being really young and having this voice inside me that told me to trust my gut. And my gut has been really, really strong in my life. It's pretty vocal and it leads me. Solange Knowles. This quote is making me emotional. It's like such a simple quote, but it's something like my therapist and I have been talking about. And she literally said, you have a very strong gut and you have a very strong intuition and your intuition is always right and you just don't follow it. And I'm like, it's something I really struggle with. And I think it comes back to what I was saying about the quiz, about being too loyal to situations that are not positive or being too loyal to how things were. And sometimes my gut is telling me to do a thing and I'm like, but but what if I could make it work this way? What if I could make it work that way? What if I could do this? It just takes this and then it'd be fine. And I do that all the time. And I've always had a strong gut, always. Mm. But I fight my gut always. And I don't yeah. know why. 
And I don't know why. It's a real problem. And so I love that Solange, like everything about her essence is mm-hmm. I'm following this good. And I think, um, yeah, sometimes with career, for the most part with career stuff, I tend to follow my gut. Mm-hmm. But actually, no, I take that back. It's not true. I, I fuck up all the time. <laughs> I just don't follow my gut. And maybe that's going to be, you know, we're near the end of the year. Like maybe that'll be my um, New Year's resolution is like trust your gut because I don't, I do, I know my gut is right, but I fight it. And I'm like, I bet I can make this work in this way. I bet I can make that work in that way. Yeah. And I'm like, I got to learn to trust my fucking gut. Yeah. I mean, um, for me, this is reminding me of things. Because, like, here's the thing about trusting your gut. Sometimes you also have people in your life that are all gut and they make a bunch of bad decisions. Yes. And yeah, you're yeah, just yeah. like, so it's sort of like balancing your gut with your brain type yeah, thing. It's so hard. Like, take, for example, this is a perfect example of something that I'm struggling with right now is, like, where do I want to go next in my career? Like, mm-hmm. Should I continue staffing or should I commit to development? Something my gut has always told me that I will have my own show. But I feel like sometimes when I staff, sometimes I'm just like, oh, but I need money because my own show, it could take forever. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? So should I trust my gut? And I feel like it's very close to me. Should I trust my gut and just throw all my resources and energy in one direction or Mm. should I keep hedging my bets and like work on other people's shows, which is wonderful. Like I love the show that I'm working on right now. It's Mm -hmm. so like near and dear to my heart, but at the same time, it does take Take your energy energy. from the things that you are working on. So this is a beautiful quote because I think it reminds you to trust your gut, but sometimes I understand why we don't because the objective facts of the world sometimes will encourage you to believe something different or that, you know, trusting your gut might be unrealistic. But the times that I have trusted it are very useful. Like, I've wanted to work in Hollywood ever since I was eight years old. Yeah. Do you know how many people told me that that was not a path that I could take? Mm-hmm. Like, dozens and dozens. Mm-hmm. Some people mm-hmm. meant well. Some people didn't mean well. Uh, but a lot of people have told me that I couldn't do it, but I knew in my gut that I was also going to be here. So it's an interesting thing to really just give in to trusting your gut. I think I do need to do it more. I do do it, but then I also Yeah, but it. I would also say here's the th- – I want to address the things you said, Grace, because – and this is coming a little bit from my therapist, but she always says to me that, like, it's not one or the other. It's not black or white. Your gut is probably right that you are supposed to have your own show, but that doesn't mean, and therefore I can't staff, you know, it might mean staff and it'll take a little longer. So it's like, I, I, I have been there and my therapist had to yell at me about those things, but like I tend to, and I think we just, because we're writers and we finish stories, we tend to see so many things as black or white, yes or no, it's this or it's that. And it's like, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's both, but different. Um, And that's really hard because that, and that's what I struggle with my gut all the time because I'm like, my gut says this, but if I do that, then what about this other thing? And I'm like, but maybe it's both and you need to find a third option. Um, 
But it's hard. It's I, like I literally feel anxiety with this quote because it's it's speaking to something I really need to work on, and it's really hard. <laughs> well, you guys, listeners, this is a very friend moment between me and Amy because these are the conversations we often have. Yeah, <laughs> like we're just like we don't know, we don't know this or that, but uh, we tried. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we support each other through all of it, which is a beautiful thing about our friendship. But okay, well, thank you, Solange, for. Thanks so Throwing much. us a lovely thing to think about. So thanks for listening to The Antidote. We hope that this injected a little bit of joy into your week. I know it did mine. How about you, Amy? Ah, I feel good, girl. We should do this again sometime. Oh, we'll be here next week. And in the meantime, if you'd like to follow us on social, follow me, Grace, at Graciac. That's G-R-A-C-Y-A-C-T. And follow me, Amy, at Amy Aniobi. That's A-M-Y-A-N-I-O-B-I. And follow the show at The Antidote Pod. That's the with two E's. If you like feeling good about yourself, please subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Goodbye. And keep trusting that gut. The Antidote is hosted by us, Amy Aniobi and Grace Edwards. The show's production team includes senior producer Sierra Spragley-Ricks and associate producer Jess Pensetta. Our executive producer is Erica Krauss and our editor is Erica Janik. Sound mixing by Derek Ramirez. Digital production by Miju Sayuni. Talent booking by Marion Ways. Our theme music was composed and produced by TT the Artist and Cosmo the Truth. APM Studio Executives in Charge are Chandra Kabati, Alex Shepard, and Joanne Griffith. Concept created by Amy Aniobi and Grace Edwards. Send us your antidotes at antidoteshow.org. And remember to follow us on social media at The Antidote Pod. The Antidote is a production of American Public Media. Yay, yay!